0: Were discussing how um, hedge funds were shorting this company in order to drive it to bankruptcy and but some redditors drove the price up and are earning money ready these hedge funds are losing money so now there's one thing apart from shorting which I have heard has is driving the price up and which is something probably not covered in many areas and something which I want to understand more and I want people to understand more from a financial literacy point of view as well is that options the fact that people are buying in options or calling. Okay, there are so many uh, terms, which I'm so not clear about.
1: uh, before we proceed, I want to uh, correct you on one thing. Uh, You said that the H1s, they were trying to, you know, drive this company to bankruptcy by shorting the shares. Uh, I don't think that, like, you you can, you know, drive a company to bankruptcy by just shorting its shares. Uh, Because there's a lot of factors which comes into play. Uh, For example, if the company is performing well financially, and if, I, if it has a strong fundamentals, uh, then uh, what happens in the stock market won't really, you know, affect it from that point of view. It can still survive. And when the phase of when the phase is over, then it can you, know, uh, the, the market will affect its true price.
2: I really uh, I agree to what you're saying, Vivek, in the sense that yeah, if, the, if the company fundamentals are strong enough, and if the market sentiments is towards the benefit of the company, it is very difficult to drive the company to bankruptcy. But what hedge funds and usually these big institutions, what they can do is that, for example, in in a situation like GameStop, what they did see is that, okay, this company has a business model which is kind of going out of business uh, or which is kind of, you know, it is not a sustainable business model for the future. Also, because of the pandemic, everyone thought that retail stores are going to go, are, are going to suffer huge losses, right? So what these hedge funds and the reason why the short was more than the market uh, supply of the shares is that what these hedge funds were doing is that they were shorting the shares, right? So when you short a share, what do you do? You borrow the share and you sell the share in the market. When you sell a share in the market, what happens is that even if the price of a particular share is at a particular say, point X, if you're selling the shares and if you're selling the shares so much, that uh, you know, if if your if your stock uh, short is more than the float in the market, your share price is going to be driven down artificially, not because of company fundamentals. So what what hedge funds can do is that they can artificially deflate the price of a particular share just to make profits. Because their their motive is to buy the share in the future at a depressed price. So they buy the share, so they borrow the share and they sell the share in huge chunks in the market when the other investors see that these share prices are going down they start selling the shares in the market and that and when the shares go down to a a particular limit that's when these hedge funds come back again and they buy up the shares at a depressed price making a profit for themselves. that's what they can do that's what they did do in this situation and in this situation that it is
1: that's what they intended to do
2: exactly that's what they intended to do and they got caught red-handed because you know like uh, like I said like it's very easy to see the, the the amount of shares which are being shot these redditors they found out and they kind of you know
1: beat them at their own game Exactly. Yeah. Before you proceed, I have a question. Like, I I want to I have a follow-up question. Uh, like we we are we all are aware that the you know the share price of the of this company in the market is highly inflated. Like that's not the actual. Like that that doesn't reflect what the company what the company's value should be. It's just the market sentiments which has driven the price to such a huge uh, level. So I believe that uh, there will come a time uh, when this craze or this fad will be over. And like uh, people will uh, not because uh, that's not the true worth of the company and people and if there's no future prospect of the company uh, people will start you know withdrawing their uh, money from the company and that's when the uh, share price will again start falling. So at that at that point of time the uh, retail investors will start losing huge amount of money. That, that, that's that's definitely a very very good point that you raised is that
2: we all know that a $350 share for GameStop is not its fundamental value. Okay, because that, that, that's a very normal thing, everyone knows that. Like
1: uh, not, not only fundamental, it doesn't it doesn't even reflect its growth prospects.
2: Yeah, yeah even, even in the future if the company grows at a at, 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 you know, massive rate, it's, it's very difficult for the company to even reach these valuations. It's just not possible for this company. That is what happened and this is kind of the internal talk of the Reddit group is that this is one of the biggest things that they're talking about right now. Is that everyone, okay, so everyone first drove up the prices, to kind of you know punish these hedge funds because they were kind of driving this company artificially lower to bankruptcy like we discussed and because this became such a you know beating the hedge funds kind of a situation that they act and, and because it's actually worked now the share price is at 350 dollars now everyone is kind of scared in the group inside the group that okay should we sell our shares or should we hold our shares that's kind of the dilemma right now and everyone in, in the in the group is trying to convince one another saying that, don't worry guys, I will be holding the shares. I will not be selling the shares anytime in the future. I just want to stick it to, to, uh, to these hedge funds as long as they don't go bankrupt. So it's kind of a moral situation. People are not, so the main group, the Wall Street Vets, so they kind of discovered that, uh, you know, uh, I think they discovered Melvin was uh, short this sh- shares uh, in uh, November or uh, 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 December of uh, 2020. So as soon as they discovered that this huge hedge fund is betting against this stock, it kind of became like beating the hedge fund game, right? It became very personal for these people. So it was no longer a point of making a profit. The point became that even if we kind of lose every our own investment in kind of, you know, driving the prices up, we will make sure that these hedge funds, they pay for what they did in the 2008 crisis as well as the, the, the dot-com bubble. So, it, it is kind of a giving it to these hedge funds and not caring much about the profit. At, coming back to your point saying that, okay, the retail investors might get caught up in this. That is a very, very big uh, dilemma that it's kind of the retail investors who kind of try to beat the hedge funds are now kind of stuck in a situation where other retail investors are coming up into the market at these inflated prices and they might be the ones who might be losing in the future. And that's where the financial literacy part comes in is that you have to be literate enough, you have to be, you know, aware enough, you have to, that, that that comes from you. You have to be reading, you have to be following the market before you invest in anything else. That, that is your responsibility. These people who kind of, you know, took the shares to a particular height or who had a particular agenda, yeah, they were following a particular agenda. They wanted to do something because they thought of a particular plan. The other people who just kind of got into the bandwagon it's, and if they if, if they lose in the market moving forward they don't have anyone but themselves to blame for it right so you have to be very careful here you you, are, you can't just blame everyone else for your mistake
0: one thing building on that you know when um, Vivek you were saying that like and chirag you both were discussing that how these people can drive the company to bankruptcy or not and uh, given that the f- fundamentals of this company is not strong enough so yeah it was going down now like one counter-argument or probably a question from my end is given that the company is trading at such inflated values, which you said is not at all possible, so it raises the company valuation as well. Now, given that the company, company valuation is so high, they can take loans or you know take out loans from the market or anywhere on the basis of this, putting this as collateral and revive their business model. And succeed. Is, that a, is there a possibility of that? Like, okay, I'm going in a way hypothetical scenario but just putting it out there and just taking your views on it.
2: I'll give you an example for this but I'll not take GameStop an exam, as an example, okay? So, in this situation what you explained right now has already happened in the sense that not for GameStop but for American Airlines. So, what happened is that in this kind of dilemma where we see that the GameStop prices have skyrocketed, it's not just GameStop which has gone up. There There are other such, you know, kind of Almost on the brink of bankruptcy, companies like you know BlackBerry and Nokia and all these companies who are also who are also you know kind of beaten down and who are who are also facing a lot of shots uh, in the similar manner as GameStop. As the GameStop prices increased, these uh, companies also saw their share prices increase because people kind of thought that okay they've missed the GameStop bandwagon. Let's jump into the other bandwagon where where, where we see that the short percentage is quite high. For that, one of the examples was American Airlines. American Airlines saw its share shot shoot up quite a lot. And in this period, they raised approximately a billion dollars to kind of revive their company. But again, you have to keep in mind is that even the people who are giving you these sh- uh, these kind of loans, the banks and other lending institutions, they will not just give you the loans just really easy, right? You see that obviously the company needs to have the fundamentals to kind of back up the loan and because they have to pay it back later on. American Airlines got the loan, but it's not necessary that GameStop
0: will. Makes sense. One thing which we, uh, we missed while we were uh, talking about this was, and we'll probably we then close out this uh, finance part and then move on to the more interesting discussion of uh, seeing uh, uh, whose side we are on and the philosophical part of things. But one thing which is also pri- driving the price up is options. So tell me, what is that? Why does that increase the price? And why is that add, you know, adding fuel to the fire? I read in one of the articles that because the H1 shorted and now these people are buying so shares, the prices is rising up. But that is only one reason why the price is rising up. The other reason is that people are also taking option calls on it. Now I must, must be using the wrong term. So that's why I wanted to get a bit more clarity on it.
1: Uh, basically, uh, these uh, what you're calling are, these are called derivatives. There are different kind of derivatives. Uh, one of them is option. And the uh, uh, other one is future, and within options comes call option and put options. Uh, so, like these are very technical terms, I won't, I won't like, dive deep into it. Uh, so, what you're asking is that how is option price uh, like option trading dri- driving the prices? Uh, to be honest, I don't have any idea about this. I think Chirac can uh, pitch in for this. So,
2: what what usually happened in the situation is that we kind of missed another factor is that the robinhood trading app now robinhood is a very very popular trading app which is kind of become a huge phenomenon in the in the us especially for the first time traders because it gives you a very you know user friendly ui where you can do complex financial mechanics in a very simple you know one touch mechanism so robinhood saw it user base grow dramatically in 2020 because there were more people sitting at home and they wanted to make passive income by trading in the stock market. So a huge retail chunk that that, you know also is part of this Reddit group are also first time traders who were using Robinhood and other such applications to do their trade. Now in Robinhood there is an option to do options in the sense that these financial instruments that Vivek is just talking about these derivatives is that you can take exposure to a particular asset without having to pay the full price of the asset.
0: Chirag, dumb it down. It's way over
2: my head now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to dumb it down right now. <laughs> okay, okay. so just to, just to dumb it down a bit is that what I said is that you want, you want to take exposure to a particular asset without paying for the asset. Now, how, how can you do that? You can do that with the help of derivatives. And derivatives, like Vivek mentioned, there are two types, futures and options. So our discussion depend uh, is focused on the call options because options are two types call option and put option now call option is where is what impacts our story because a call option is when you can you know for example if, if let's take tesla let's let assume that tesla stock stock is trading at $100 i as an investor don't have $100 to invest in one uh, one share of uh, tesla but i want to be exposed to the share price movement so what you are doing is that you are you want to buy tesla but you don't have the money to buy tesla what you can do instead is that you can buy a call option on tesla which means that when you buy a call option a call option gives you an exposure to the underlying asset the underlying asset here being tesla okay so when you buy a call option you are paying a fraction of the percentage of the stock and by paying just a fraction you can be exposed to the price movements of tesla so for example if tesla is hundred dollars you can buy a call option at ten dollars and if tesla you know goes up in value uh, say from hundred to hundred and twenty you will still be exposed and you will still gain that twenty dollars because you have exposure to tesla okay so by just buying a call option you have the exposure so Now to go a bit more technical here is that the call option gives you the right but not the obligation to buy a share at a particular time in the future. It's it's a bit technical to understand is that what you're doing is that you are buying the option to buy a particular share at a particular time in the
1: future for a particular price. So Vivek you want to take over from here? Like I'll just uh, give you an example, so uh, what the, uh, the $10 that Chirag mentioned. Uh, that's basically called a premium. So suppose uh, I want to I want to take exposure exposure in Tesla's stock, and I believe that Tesla's stock will uh, grow uh, go above 100. I, I'll I'll come to you like on the on the uh, stock trading platform. So I'll come to Anshul and I'll ask and I'll say that I'll give you ten dollars. Uh, you can keep you can keep the ten dollars, and you don't have to pay this back to me. Wait, just a second.
0: So. Um... Let me just put the, get the characters cleared. So you are one investor. I am the broker. Correct?
1: No, you are not the broker. You're not the, you are
2: another investor. Guys, guys, guys. I, 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 think, I think, I think we are taking it a bit, a bit too technical. I think, I think we need to dumb it down about even, even, even more. Okay. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's, let's put down the fundamentals and then we can explain, explain, the This a is finance better. class now, guys.
1: Important. We concentrate. Uh, like, I don't think it's uh, possible uh, to explain uh, options. In, in an episode of podcast because i think i uh, sat through uh, 10 classes just to uh, understand entire uh, this derivatives. is a challenge
0: for you okay we'll have to do the impossible chirag go ahead <laughs> <laughs> uh... okay wait let me let me simplify the materials i'll 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 be your dumb one and then you do it for me okay so chirag uh, you are the main boss guy you are basically zerotha for now right uh, or robin hood yeah. app for that matter let's say you are robin hood app i am an investor and Vivek is another investor. Now what happens is, I'm like, okay, this Tesla stock, yeah, I like that. Um, I know it's gonna grow in heights. I want to buy that because I want to earn money. But one share is $100. I don't have that kind of money. I have only $10 in my pocket. So I want to buy a fraction of a stock. Simple as that. So I take that money, I give it to Robinhood. Hey Chirac, take this money and get me a Tesla stock. Now, what will you do? I just give you $10. You can't, be, you can't give me a full stock. What do you give?
2: What you just explained is the beginning of how you and invest in a call option okay so what the call option does by paying this 10 rupee premium is that you are kind of making a contract with the brokerage the brokerage house saying that now in that contract the contract gives you the right but not the obligation to buy a share in the future at a particular price okay so for example tesla shares are currently trading at 100 rupees you think that the Tesla shares can go up to 120 rupees in a matter of one month. Okay. You will enter into a call option with Zeroda or any other brokerage brokerage app saying that so in, in, in a call option there are various kind of variables. So the premium the 10 rupees that you gave is the premium that is lost once you buy a call option. That is non-refundable. Then there is a strike price. A strike price is the price at which you will buy the share from ZeroDa in the, in the in the future? Okay, so that is the strike price. Yeah. So all this is part of the call option when you buy the call option. Okay? okay. So so the the premium is the price you pay for the call option. Now there's a strike price. The strike price is the price at which you will buy Tesla from ZeroDa after one month. Okay. So let's this yeah. let's say that currently the price is hundred. You do a contract with a ZeroDa that I want to buy it at hundred and ten. At 110, correct. But your uh, assumption is that Tesla will go up to 120, right? So you have found a call option at 110, but your price target is 120. So after a month, if the prices go up to 120, you have the option, or you have you have done a contract with ZeroDa, right? That you will buy the the, the, the shares from ZeroDa at, 100, at 110. So what you'll do that after a, a, a month, if the if the prices go up to 120 you will buy from Zeroda at 110 and sell it in the market at 120 making 10 rupees as your profit. So this is a call option. Okay. So let's let's kind of reframe it again in the sense that there is a call premium, which is the cost to buy the call option. There is a strike price, which is the price you decide to buy the, the, the stock at a particular point in, the, in in time in the future. And then there is the price of the stock at which that, that is currently at that point, point in time. So. 110 is the, is the strike price and the share price is 120. So that 10
0: rupees becomes your profit. Yeah, no, no. I, I'll just tweak the numbers here so that, you know, I can also add in the value of profit here. So I gave $10 as premium per share and I uh, bought the shares as 110. That is the strike price. And I sold the shares as 125. Instead of 120, let's make it 125. Why do I say that? Because I already paid 10, right? So I earned a $5 profit per share. Given me, Giving me this. Now, why did I want to bring this finally we get to explain options thank god guys well done for the finance class <laughs> now one thing which i read was now these brokers now these brokers will go crazy if they you know give you exposure to these stocks at just 10 dollars now that's just stupid right so what they do is in order to cover their assets and uh, their losses they will instantly buy the stock
1: just to cover their backs no no uh, that generally that doesn't happen what happens is that uh, chirag is zeroed up and you are a retail investor uh, so first, uh, like the ZeroDa will try to find an investor who wants to enter into a contract where uh, ZeroDa is buying the call option and the investor is selling the call option. Ah, uh, okay. So so until and unless I uh, like I approach uh, ZeroDa at the same, at at the same time. So until and unless uh, this matches, uh, ZeroDa won't enter into contract with you.
0: Ah, so there has to be a call and sell option.
1: Yeah, like uh, buy and sell option, uh, buy and sell of call option.
2: So, and and usually what happens is that, you know, Zeroda is like the clearinghouse. It's like acting as as the intermediary between you who wants to buy and and someone else who wants to sell. So, they usually don't buy and, and sell. It they do sometimes they do because like you know that that part becomes a bit more complicated because that's what happened with Robinhood in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what we have to keep in mind is, is that usually what these clearing houses do is that they just bring buyers and sellers together. And so if you want to buy a call, someone needs to sell a call, and it, which means that they have an uh, kind of this a price target which is lower than the contract value, right? So they have a price target of less than 110. So when someone sells the call option they get the premium. So we have to pay the premium. The seller of the call option, they get the premium, right? So there always has to be these opposing views in the market.
1: Zereta wants to earn commission and brokerage from this contract. It doesn't want to earn, uh, you know, profit or dividend from these contracts. Yeah, they don't want exposure into the market.
0: Yeah, So it's like, uh, you know, just to bring it to even more dumber levels than something which we can relate. It's like one of these Razorpay apps, right? They don't earn money by taking some money from you. It's basically that every time you transact, a certain percentage like you know 0.1 percent of your transaction that is uh, one paisa or two paisa deducted as Mm -hmm. a transaction fees so basically zero the earns by transaction fees as simple as that now moving on so basically why is this leading to uh, price getting higher because now people with less amount of money can get exposure to a stock which is rallying at crazy heights and more people are buying this so thus leading to a higher market circuit or whatever that word is
1: chirag i have a question like uh uh, actually, I'm not uh, quite sure that how can uh, derivatives price influence the price of the actual asset because it is the opposite. Uh, like when the asset prices rises, the deri- uh, it influences the prices of the derivatives. But how can the like how can de- uh, buying and selling of derivatives influence the shares uh, shares price?
2: You are you are correct in in saying that it doesn't impact the price of the shares currently. But what it does is that it it it, it impacts the prices when the call option expires, right? So when the call option expires, so you have to go and buy the shares in the market, right, to give it back uh, at the contracted price. So even if you are you are making the profit, but you are buying the share at the share at the current price at which the share is trading. If someone uh, who bought the GameStop call option at hundred dollars when GameStop became three hundred fifteen dollars dollars in uh, in uh, like last week. They bought the shares at 350 to give it back to the brokerage houses, making the difference of 150, but they bought it at the price in the market, right? So, driving the prices.
1: People exercise their option to buy the stock.
2: Yeah, like obviously, you will exercise the, that's what the call option does, right?
1: No, what generally happens is that when there's three parties, like you are the broker, brokerage house, and it's Anshula and it's me. So, what happens is that I am the, I'm the one who will have to bear the losses. Uh, so, I, I generally don't buy the shares on the market, what instead I do is that I, uh, you know, uh, settle a difference amount and I pay the difference amount to the brokerage house. And you pay the difference amount to... Uh... Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly.
2: So, so a, a good point that, that you made here is that this is all happening on notional values, right? But if you're exercising the, the call option, that's when act- the, the, the actual kind of this thing is happening. So, so for example, okay, if the other party in, in uh So, for example, if you say that, okay, yeah, I want to buy the share, I want to exercise the option. Because what is happening is that in the call option you have done a contract. So I, I I have bought a call option from you Vivek. Okay, mm-hmm. I bought a call option saying that the strike price is hundred. In the future I'll buy it at a at a price of hundred from you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you did not believe that the, that the prices uh, are are going to go up. So you went to you entered the opposite trade. In the future when prices went up to three hundred fifty dollars. And when I came to exercise my call option from you, you have to go and buy the shares in the market to give it to me, right? To kind of settle the trade with the brokerage house. So so there is this kind of, this trade is happening when the call option is being exercised. So the 10 rupee premium, Anshul, that we gave in the beginning to buy the call option, that kind of gave me as the buyer of the call option, the ability to execute the contract, but not the obligation to execute the contract. So for example, in the future, if the stock price is is not uh, uh, hundred and twenty, but it fell to ninety instead uh-huh. of hundred. Uh-huh. So your price is less than the, stu- the, 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 the strike price, right? Correct. The, the the ten rupee premium gave me the uh, gives me the ability to not exercise the call option. So what what I can do is that okay. So my losses are limited to ten rupees. the call option will expire. Your ah, loss okay. will be limited to ten rupees. But you the, your your losses will not fall further. Do you understand?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So basically, it's just that that when. When I, when it's profit, uh, then I settle the trade. When when I'm in a loss, I just pay that non-refundable premium value, and I don't actually have to you know give the strike price. As simple as that.
1: Exactly. The ten rupees is the maximum loss you can uh, incur, and the profit like you can earn uh, as much profit as it is possible. And the premium you paid is actually for the privilege for you to exercise this right. Okay. Wow this has
0: been a great learning experience and I'm sure this might become a bit confusing for some of our listeners who are not that into the finance-savvy world so I'll do my best while editing this and bringing out the most important points while discussing this. So now, we know that the major two reasons why the stock price rallied was because of hedge fund shorting it way beyond their means people uh, going on a buying spree people exercising their call options and all of this now comes I think a bigger set of questions which might spark different debates as well. First of all, the first question that I want to pose to both of you is, is it right from a hedge fund's point of view that they have the ability to corner the market and drive a price so low or short shares which are not even there in the market? Is this supposed to be legal or morally or ethically right? Now wait a second, I know the episode is over, but I asked a very serious question. So wait around for a couple more days when we release the last episode for GameStop, and you get to hear the philosophical and moral discussions that we had regarding this trade and the tussle that is going on between the Redditors, the common public, the retail investors and the Wall Street. Till then, I'm signing out and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.